When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone. Welcome back from a quite the hiatus at the Strictly Hoop Talk podcast. <laughs> uh, as always, I'm your host, Chris Platty. And returning, you know him from the podcast. He may not be a fan favorite, but he is returning. That's crazy. My boy, Josh. Josh. Big back shots, a.k.a. the one and only, a.k.a. Big AK-47, a.k.a. Autumn's name. You already know. The goat back. Anymore? Yeah, it's probably enough. It's probably a lot, but I'll just leave it at that. All right, you're just going to let it cook there? All right, yeah, I'm, I'm good with it. that. Listen, we got new mics. We got a new setup. We fresh you know as hell. Listen, it's, uh, it's, it's going down this time. So I'm back with Josh. We talking NBA second half of the season. Uh, man, I mean, we just got to start with the Brooklyn-Philly trade, man. Let's just jump. Let's just jump right into it. No small talk. Uh, the Brooklyn Philly trade. Everybody knows the details by now. You have you have Seth Curry and Andre Drummond and Ben Simmons and two first round picks. The latter of which will be uh or could be converted into two second round picks if it doesn't convey in the years 2027 or 2028. The uh the other pick is unprotected this year. But Philly obviously being a playoff team and maybe even a championship team this year. That, that pick is probably in like the 25 to 30 range. So, um, and then obviously Philly gets, uh, Philly gets James Harden and Paul Millsap. Josh, I love this trade for both sides. Um, I love it even more for Philly than I do for Brooklyn, I but I too. like it. I like it for both. Uh, I'll just put it to you like this, man. I mean, there's, there's, there's a couple of layers to this question. There's one, you know, how do you feel about it from both sides? Um, is there a side that you that you prefer in the trade that that think you won the trade? And two, you know, which of these teams now is better? Because I think I think no I think no matter what you could say that both teams got better from this trade. They did, but now it's about you know who is the better team between Philly and Brooklyn. So first, go ahead and um, break down the trade itself, and then kind of get into get into that part. So. Let me let me start off by saying like this is probably like the biggest trade that didn't happen in years. Like, Easy. Like this this is a big ass trade. Crazy trade. But uh I think they both low key this is like a win win trade. I don't think nobody really lost in this trade. Mm-hmm. I think Philly did really good in getting James Harden, like the main prize, but James Harden to pair him up with Joel Embiid, and now they become the greatest duo. The big man guard duo since Shaq and Kobe, Easy. like that's crazy. Got an MVP, a former MVP, and probably the uh, the MVP this year. Hopefully he stay healthy. Knock on wood. Make sure nothing happen. That'd be sick. But yeah, do you get uh 
You get Paul Millsap. I mean, he a nice little veteran. I don't really, nobody really care about him, but he a nice little veteran. But 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 Brook on Brooklyn side, you get Ben Simmons, and they team was needing defense, and he gonna be and he get to play point guard still, cause Kyrie you know play off board more. He be like mm-hmm. doing that two guard stuff. And yet, I mean, you don't like this guy and all, but I'm just saying, low key Andre Drummond there. He can rim protect a little bit. You know that motherfucker get bored. Listen, listen, you know he man. get bored, bro. Stop you, it. Let me tell you about that boy Drummond. He's going to do his thing, this bro. This is Stop the low-key. This is the biggest reason why Philly won the trade. Joel Embiid owns Andre Drummond. He will average 142 points against, against Andre Drummond. Like, I've watched it too many times with these Piston games where I see this man, Andre Drummond, literally just check out mentally whenever he has to play Joel Embiid. And Honestly, I can literally say that Philly got better by trading Andre Drummond. Nah, 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 nah. Like they literally got they literally got better by giving Andre Drummond to their opponent. Andre Drummond is you know what he is against Joel Embiid. And look, I'm not gonna go all the way in on Andre Drummond. I'm not trying to I'm not trying to bring up all the other stuff. Let's just talk Embiid. Against Embiid, all Drummond is is six fouls. That's it. That's all he is. Six fouls in a headspace. Six fouls in a headspace, exactly. And so with that being said, I think it was a brilliant move. And I think it was a brilliant move for Philly that they didn't have to give up Thibault or or Maxi. Yeah. Because I mean, those two young guys, I like them a wait, lot. Wait, wait, wait. But they did have to give up Curry. And Curry man, was nice. That man be shooting, too. Like him coming off the bench for uh, Brooklyn. I, I don't know. This Listen, trade to me is so even. Up, and they picked up Dragic. They yeah. just picked up Dragic So today. when Kyrie not there for them uh, home games, but that, Dragic kinda, coming that's in, That's kind of the one thing. So let's transition because I think we both like this trait. But love it. But um, actually, one point before we transition, that I want to get into. That I feel like no other podcast is talking yeah, about. Yeah, I was about to say, say your why, theory, and say I don't get theory. why they're talking about it, bro. Daryl Morey is a genius for making this trade because because I get it that Brooklyn can sell it as we got a younger player who wants to be here under contract for James Harden, a guy who's probably going to walk. That's why it's a win for Brooklyn. But why it's a win for Philly? Is 2027-2028, that, that first-round pick. Let's be real. Harden, 32, about to be 33. Joel Embiid, obviously in his prime right now, 27-28. 28, right? 28, I believe. Well, however Oh, Andrew Wiggins is. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy that Andrew Wiggins is your all-star Andrew Wiggins. Yes, is your all-star, all-star starter. All-star starter. Don't Disgusting. disrespect this man. Don't Disgusting. disrespect this man. Listen, all-star starter. This is why it's genius. I, I mean, I'm being honest. I love Joel Embiid, but we have to be brutally honest here. This is clearly going to be one of his two or three best seasons. Like, I, I don't think that Embiid, the, the, the reference point for big men being able to age gracefully is very, very small. Like, it, not many people can do what Embiid can do for so long. And he's already had injury problems early in his yeah. career. He's proven to be durable and in great shape now. But I definitely think Joel Embiid is not going to be at his apex at 30 or 32 like a lot of people still are. No, no, no. Uh, He's probably going to be Harden at that point. At that point. So, again, you're talking five years out from now. Embiid is 32, 33. Harden is 37, 38. He's going to be watched. On the end of a $60 million Supermax. He's going to be watched then. Yes. Like, he's 100% going to be watched. And that's sure. why the pick is top eight protected both years. And look, I think there's a very real case. All you have to do as a GM 
is win one championship. That's it. That's all this trade is about. This trade is not about, about 10 years of dominance. This trade is about one championship and maybe another deep playoff run. Exactly. That's, that's all you need. By 2027, 2028, Daryl Morey could be rebuilding. Hey, and, and he they can gonna keep have that pick. They can keep that pick. And, they might and then have a you're top telling five. me that you got one of the greatest offensive players of all time for Seth Curry, who, let's get, not get twisted, was great for them. They needed, they needed that. He filled that J.J. Redick role that they needed ever since, since Redick left, and he was great at it. He was absolutely great. They definitely wanted to trade Danny Green instead of, J, uh, definitely. Instead of, they definitely instead of Seth Curry. Him. But that's how it happened, um, you know, and I understand why, why you still do the trade 10 times out of 10. So you lose him, but then you lose Andre Drummond, who is a minimum center. Let's all jokes aside, he's a minimum center, so he's nothing in this. Um, uh, I, I mean, he, he I think he's going to be important. He I think he's going to be valuable. Brooklyn. Brooklyn needed size. They needed a, another another big, but they needed a different type of big. They got too many. That's the weird thing about Brooklyn's team. They got too many guards and too many bigs, and not enough in between. That's my that's my problem with their roster. I think he's the perfect. He's but, one of the perfect bigs for that team. Or like Rudy Gobert, but Rudy Gobert is perfect for other teams, every team. He easily has a chance to be like their best big. I mean, with how Blake has looked this year, with uh, Claxton being inconsistent, all that stuff. Yeah. So with that being said, they they now gave up basically Ben Simmons, a player who didn't want to be there. They got a better player in return. Yep. And they got, you know, and now they have this idea where they might have only traded one first round pick. Like if, if we're keeping it a buck. And that's something that Daryl Morey can definitely hang his hat on. Um, I think it was a, I think it was a great trade for them. I think it was a great trade for Brooklyn as well. Um, let's get into let's get into wait, just wait, kind wait. Of, before before we before we transition. Can we also talk about how uh, James Harden failed to like uh, send in the paperwork so he can uh, get the uh, extension back? Oh yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Now he yeah. touching uh, free agency because he been talking like he ain't never been a free agent before. So I don't know. James Harden knows some slick, bro. James Harden knows some sly, some sly stuff. I don't know about I this think, guy. I think. Look, I think at this point, James Harden is just trying to just always keep all his options open forever. I just don't think that. I think that James Harden is a, a few of my friends who I won't name on Tinder. I feel <laughs> like I feel like they're just that. Not he's not looking for a commitment, man. He's really not. Listen, he's got his old boss, and and is Joel Embiid the best player James Harden's ever played with, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, facts. Correct. So, no debate. No debate. Chris Paul was very good for him, but Embiid is an MVP candidate. Chris Paul, at his best, was a great, great player next to next to James Harden. But even that wasn't the greatest fit because one needed the ball uh, at all times, so that was kind of an issue. So with that being said, James Harden has the best situation he's he's probably been in, except maybe Brooklyn. Ideally, when assuming that Kyrie would play and that you have KD being the best player in the world and all of the offense that you have between that, um, KD. This is arguably his best situation, and now he's he's put in a position where he still doesn't want to commit. So, you know, there is some risk, but that's okay. Listen, if they get one or two championships, if he even just commits short term for another year or two, which again is what I'm thinking Joel Embiid's prime really is to be really real. Like, I think yeah. last year might have been the start of his like peak peak. And then this might be like his absolute peak. And and we might not see something um we might see numbers near this again, but maybe not ever this good from Joel Embiid. 
just looking at history. So I think I think he's just one of those guys, man, that's just still not uh, still not committing to a franchise, and you know, just likes that likes that whole that whole Tinder life in the NBA <laughs> yeah. world. And he liked to slide on teams. He's like, mm, you know, I, mean, I don't know about this one. Sl- yeah. Swipe. You know, being in your thirties is still sliding on Tinder. Is crazy. That's what I'm saying. It doesn't crazy. look good for that age. Drake had this good. bar. Drake had this bar that hit me earlier this year when he said, um, "When he said my homie Tez just turned thirty, he's single. He's scared of being single forever, and I'm scared too. I'm almost in that same boat." I was like, yeah, I, <laughs> "I feel you. I feel you, Drake. You don't want to be out here at 30. Thanks. And then he said, uh, "What do he say? He said, "At this at this point, I feel like I'm bound up to be with somebody that's been with everybody." I was like, "Ooh, Drake talking that talk." But well, this is not the hip hop podcast. It's not strictly hip hop. Yeah, this, this is, is hoop talk. Hoop, so hoop stuff. Philly, Brooklyn. Last part of this, and then we'll move on to the the rest of the league. Um, because there were some other trades. It was a great trade deadline, but this is the one that that we gotta talk about for sure. Um, Philly versus Brooklyn. Who's better now? I say Philly. I like Brooklyn. They might. They have a lot of great pieces. But the problem that I'm saying is, let's name their best players. Let's just do this exercise right now. Kevin Durant, KD, Kyrie Irving, Kyrie, Ben, ben Simmons, Simmons, Andre Drummond, Patty Mills, Andre Drummond. Okay, just wait, man. Just wait. Art. Dragic. No. Oh. <laughs> Dragic is probably one of their best players, assuming he's anything like he was last year or the year before in the bubble. All right. Um, I said Patty Mills. Who's the other guard I miss? Oh. Seth Curry, who they just got. Yep. And then Andre Drummond slash, slash Aldridge, one of those two. Uh, those are their eight best guys. And maybe even Cam Thomas is number nine. Hey, yeah, Cam Thomas, Cam Thomas is buck, playing well. A walking bucket. But, Josh, you see the problem with that? You got Katie, who could play whatever. Kyrie, yep. who's a guard. Patty Mills, who's a guard. Dragic, who's a guard. They're all not only guards, but they're small guards. Oh, and Seth Curry. And then your other two best big players are Drummond and Aldridge. And then you got Ben Simmons, who's weird because, like, he's played with Dwight Howard before. Like, he's played with centers that can't, that, that can't stretch the floor, and we've seen how that has gone for him. So I'm sitting here thinking, like, what is their, what is their best five? Like, they really they, – they have, they have nine talented guys – because I do like I do like Cam Thomas. Like I do actually think that if not this year, next year he could be like a actual contributor on a championship team. Yeah. Um, in a very small role. But there, there's just too much overlap. Like, what's your what's going to be your closing lineup? Because let's be real, I think Joe Harris is done for the year. He like, is definitely done for the like, year. He's gone. So he's gone. So then you know what's your closing lineup? Is it Kyrie, Seth, and Patty Mills slash Dragic with KD and Ben Simmons? That's three really small guards. One of those three guards is going to have to guard uh Chris Middleton or um who else would they who else would they guard? Who are some other wings that are that are kind of bigger? Well, James Harden's bigger. DeMar DeRozan. Um DeMar DeRozan, Zach, Zach Levine. Levine. It gets uh, it gets really tough. You see what I'm saying? Karis LeVert. Yeah. In Cleveland. I mean, it gets very tough for yeah. them to uh for them to figure out that that lineup, you know what I mean? Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. Yeah. Yeah. You see so do you do you express those same concerns or do you think it's it's fine, it'll it'll work? Because it is at the end of the day, it is a lot of shooting that's a lot of offense. That is. That's uh, a lot of offense. All right, so first things first, let me fix your list because your list was wrong. It go K D one, Kyrie two, Ben Simmons three. 
Andre Drummond is fourth. You cannot tell me anything else. Andre Drummond is fourth. Patty Mills was way too great in the Olympics to, for me. To, we're not we're not talking the Olympics. We're barely they got any, a bronze medal. It's barely, man. it's barely any NBA players there. We basically smacking them with an All Star Super Supreme team. No, Andre Drummond is fourth. Then Andre Drummond's going to be on the Shanghai. Seth, <laughs> Seth Curry is fifth. Dragic is sixth, and Patty Mills is seventh. Patty Mills is not messing with Seth Curry or Dragic to me. And then I then I say Lamarcus Aldridge is after that. But to me, the closing lineup would have to be this: Kyrie. It'd be Seth. No, uh, would it be Seth? Dang, it's gotta be. He's their he's yeah. their probably their best shooter. He is their best shooter. Him and Kyrie, as far as like yeah, yeah. So it has to be that. So it'd be Kyrie, Seth, KD, Ben Simmons, and Lamarcus Aldridge. Because Lamarcus Aldridge can shoot somewhat, so that still helps Ben Simmons out where he can sit in the paint. That would but probably be their best have, lineup. You still have you said on. Oh no, you didn't say Andre. Drummond, no, I didn't right? say him. Okay, no, yeah. I didn't. Lamarcus Aldridge or Ben Simmons would be running the five. Yeah, I mean that might be their best five, but that even, would have to go. Well, well that be their closing lineup? I'd say. Yeah, even then though, you got you got three defensive liabilities in that. That's tough. Kyrie, Kyrie, not that bad. I wouldn't say Kyrie's a defensive liability. If he I, won- think, I think he ranges from average to defensive liability. Like, I think he can be fine. I think he can be fine. And I think that would be a big part of the equation. I, I say a little bit and above we ju- average. And we, not, and we just assuming that Kyrie could play every game. That's a whole yeah. other thing. But we don't want to get into that. So, um, yeah. you know, because yeah. I, I don't want to play like that's, that hypothetical. is just a waste of time. Let's just assume there's a world in which he could play all the time. Um, but, yeah, I think... I think Philly's the better team just because I love Maxi next to Harden. Like Maxi, I think it's a great guard to have next to Harden because he's one of those guys that can literally that can attack a closeout when the ball is moving. He can he can, he can shoot, shoot from a bit. three. Yeah, he can, he shoot, can a shoot, bit. shoot either off the dribble or or catch a shoot. He's been shooting forty percent this year. Like he's and and they and it's been a mix. It's been off the dribble. It's been catch and shoot. So nice I think Tyrese Maxi. Gives that little change of dynamic in terms of speed. Opposite guard of Harden can still score, and then you have then you have wings like Danny Green and Thibault to guard. You have um, and then you have obviously Joel Embiid anchoring the anchoring the middle. Um, I wonder what they'll do in the buyout market if they'll get somebody. I I don't know what's gonna happen there. I thought the Lakers were gonna cut either Dwight Howard or DeAndre Jordan just because like, I mean, what are they doing there? Like they're really just kind of like, they're just centers that are just there. I mean, they kind of need him now because AD's out. But, um, but when it comes, you know, playoff time, obviously you're not playing DeAndre Jordan and Dwight Howard. Um, no, nah, definitely you know, not so. DeAndre Jordan. I feel like Dwight Howard could still be a viable like twenty-five to thirty minutes starter though. That's just me because he he played good defense and he can board, but he just fouls too much. I would say eighteen. I would say he's an eighteen twenty-minute guy you now. Eighteen twenty solid minutes. That's what I. That's what I think it, uh, of Howard. I still feel like he can rim run and yeah, do his what he usually sure. do to like dunk and block and rebound. I think he can still do that at a pretty nice level for sure. But DeAndre Jordan is washed though. Like they really, I don't even yeah. know why he's on the team. They yeah. really just need to get him out of there. I mean, that's the problem, bro. They're not even getting anybody on the buyout market, but that's a whole nother thing. But we ain't gonna um, talk about how Russell yeah. Westbrook really garbage. <laughs> we not. We not gonna talk about that. We're not gonna talk about that. Um, he really nasty. He's so you think Philly? You think Philly is a better team right now to win the championship this year, or do you mm-hmm. think it's Brooklyn? I think this year is Philly, especially because Kyrie, we don't know. So I, yeah. I probably take Philly, but I, 
my personal favorite, I think, is going to be a, a rematch in the finals. I think it's going to be a rematch. Okay. I mean, yeah, we'll get to, we'll get to that. Let's actually just you know let's jump to that right now. Let's start right. with the East because we 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 start with the East. Um, you know, all respect to the Sabonis trade and the Kristaps trade. I've broken how how I felt about those on the on the live, but um, let's just let's just jump to the East and talk the East because I think that those trades were interesting. But now it's time to talk like the East is just crazy to me. I mean, so first of all, you got to tie for first as of right now with the Bulls and the Heat both at thirty eight and twenty one. Um, Philly right behind two and a right half there. games back. They're tied with Cleveland and Milwaukee. It's a three-way tie for third after a two-way tie for first. Um, and so the first five, the top five teams in the East are just two and a half games separated, which is absolutely nuts. Then you have then you have Boston, who's really turned it on as of late and is only four and a half games back. So they're two they're two games back from that massive tie that uh, uh, that the top of the East has. And then you have a half a game behind that Toronto Raptors. Then you have the Brooklyn Nets, who are seven games back with no KD, with presumably no Kyrie, because um, unless the vaccine mandate changes, uh, Kyrie will be missing eight of the next ten games, and he will be missing a significant like he will be missing significant stretch uh, there because Brooklyn's Brooklyn's uh, schedule is packed pretty uh, pretty home heavy, which is going to be tough. But uh, but then you have Charlotte below them, uh, two and a half games below that. And then you have the Atlanta Hawks also tied with Charlotte, um, two and a half uh, games below the Nets. So again, the the seeding just to go uh, to be clear because I said it I said a lot. Miami and Chicago are tied for one, tied for third. Philly, Cleveland, Milwaukee, then tied. Uh, then sixth is Boston, seventh is Toronto, eighth is Brooklyn, and then the ninth and tenth in the playing tournaments would be Charlotte. Hornets and the Atlanta Hawks right outside of that is the Wizards and the Knicks we'll get to the bottom first let's just start with the top um what's gonna happen with the East is so jumbled you know uh, it is any any one of these teams there's easily five teams that could end up with the number one seed uh you know I I think I think you know if I had to bet on a team falling out of that tier it'd probably be Cleveland but the, I mean that's just because nobody expected them to be anywhere near this tier to begin with. Yeah. Um of those 5, the Milwaukee, Cleveland, Philly, Chicago, Miami, I mean, who are you feeling the 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 best about and who are you feeling the worst about? All right, so of those 5, I'd probably say even though Milwaukee is currently the lowest of the 5, I still feel the best as they are the defending champions. I feel the best about them currently. Then after that, I'd probably say I take the 76ers slightly over Miami just because they have an MVP, Joel Embiid, right now, and then they're getting James Harden. Hopefully he gets healthy so he can, like, really exert force. Then Miami because Tyler Hero's coming off the bench giving six-man minutes Mm -hmm. and six-man production, averaging, like, almost 20, if not 20 a game. And then Jimmy Butler and Bam obviously going crazy and doing their things. And you know how the Heat are just such a nice, cohesive unit. Mm-hmm. Then, fi- their best players have only played 59 minutes together all season. That's crazy. Like, And they're still tied for number one in the East. Then I say the Bulls, but to me the Bulls, the Bulls aren't messing with those three I just named before. I don't think the Bulls are in that class. I think all of them beat the Bulls. But actually, I think the Bulls will have a shot against Miami. I think if they played each other, they would have a chance. You but think that's who they match up best against in that tier? Yeah. I don't think they beat anybody else. And then Cleveland is yeah. the worst of the five. I mean, they can't compete with none of them to me. 
Yeah, I don't think they. Can yeah, beat. I was gonna say Chicago and Cleveland. There's a, that's even a separate tier of itself. To me, yeah. it's three tiers. It's Milwaukee, uh, Miami, and Philly, and then Chicago, and then at the bottom, I'd say Cleveland. Um, just because I feel like Cleveland, the, the the whole Bigs revelation is cool during the regular season, but I think that that will be harder to deal with, or that will be harder to, um, to be effective in the half court in in the playoffs. And then yep. you have, um, and then you have Chicago, who I think again, I think they're a great regular season team, and I think that they're going to be a good playoff team. But I just don't think they're going to be a great playoff team, and it, it's unfortunate because as good of a year as they have had, you know, if they end up in the four or five seed with any team that's not named Cleveland, you know, that's tough. That's but, real but tough. That's that's the way it goes. But they could end up right now to like they are two or one and play Boston or Toronto, and or maybe. Uh, or maybe Brooklyn, but you know, if you get Boston or Toronto, I like Chicago's chances against those teams. You know, I wouldn't even necessarily fate. I don't know if I'd even favor them in those. Uh, in, in Boston's case, the way Boston's turned it around, I think they could take Boston. But I think they would too. Um, but you know, I definitely favor them against Toronto. But you know, it's it's just to me, it's just the tier. Uh, the top tier is clear. It's Milwaukee. I know everybody's kind of worried about Brooke Lopez and the back surgery thing, and I get it. He's already not athletic, and then you give him a back surgery, you know, like that. No, that's that's tough though. So I understand the concerns, and they got Serge Ibaka, but really, what you know, what has he, he done the last two years? Healthy. You know, um, so I, I'm I'm worried about that for sure, and I I do think they are feeling the miss of PJ Tucker. Miami, I like them. I'm not concerned as other people are about their half court offense. Like I think a lot of people are kind of concerned, but Jimmy Butler has proven to be an automatic bucket in the playoffs, no automatic. matter who he has. And then you have Tyler Hero, who you know if he can play, uh, obviously not like the bubble because as we're seeing, I think just thinking back to the bubble, like so many players were playing so good that it was just that it was just you know the bubble effect was real. That championship is a real championship. But the numbers that came from that bubble are just different, and they have to be con- contextualized differently. You know what I'm saying? Like, Tyler Hero, I don't think he's actually dropping 40 in a real playoff game. That's no. not a bubble in his rookie season. No. You know? So, that being said, though, he, if he can be a creator in the half-court offense, which I definitely think he can be, um, that combined with maybe getting a little bit more juice from Lowry, I and then plus you know how Duncan Robinson, assuming he can ever shoot the basketball again, like this <laughs> this team, I I think they'll be fine in the half court. I really do. I'm not too worried about them. Philly, I love their half court game the best. I think you just have so much many ways to score between Embiid and Harden and all of the weapons that they have around. And then same with Milwaukee. Milwaukee just knows who they are. They're confident. Uh, I think they're just honestly kind of waiting for the playoffs. I I don't think they're. I I'm not as concerned as other people are the only concerning thing i have is the brooke lopez injury but other than that i think milwaukee fully healthy is is easily a, a team that has a real chance to win um brooklyn you know obviously they're they're the ac they can get into this tier um we're just going by standings they can get into this that that top tier but there's as we discussed a lot of a lot of issues with that with Kyrie, with ben simmons not sure sure when he's gonna play a report came out that he's weeks away not months away which is good because months away is the playoffs. So I mean, exactly. you know, it had to be weeks away. I didn't, I didn't really get the, I didn't really, that didn't really define as breaking news to me. I expected him back in a couple weeks, anyways. So, 
Um, and then, you know, the other teams are nice, like Boston, Toronto, Charlotte, Atlanta, but I'm not taking any of them seriously as far as, uh, as, far as deep playoff runs. Cleveland, again, I think Cleveland will just be competitive for whoever they play in the first round as long as it's not one of the one of the, the, the top top tier. Yeah. I think they can I think they can, you know, have a competitive series against Chicago or maybe against Boston. I Boston think they can have themselves. a competitive series against Philly actually. I think they match up nice with Philly. I think if they were against Philly, their size yeah. and the way they'll be able to guard and beat I mean I that think is they match true. up nice with Philly. That is true because the opposite end of the spectrum is Chicago having to deal with Joe and B. Exactly. And that would be and that would be very tough. Yeah, um, but Cleveland chicken. does match up nice. I, I think they match up nice against Philly and Milwaukee just because the size they can present. Yep. But um, I think I those would be tough series for both those teams. I, I ultimately think that uh, Cleveland doesn't have enough juice in the backcourt to keep it going um, against either of those either of those two teams. So I'm feeling like the East is – I feel like the East is going to ha- give us so many good playoff series in the, in the first and second round. Like, yeah. I, I'm just the whole series in the everywhere the whole that whole run is gonna be nice. I think we'll get to the we'll get to the plans. Um, we'll get to the plans at after. Let's jump to the West. So my question for the West is is very simple, um, and I think this will be a quicker conversation than than the East. Is the West just a crash course for Golden State Phoenix Conference Finals, or can Memphis or somebody else actually uh, step up and you know contend? I think Memphis don't sleep on Memphis. I think them boys are gonna really go crazy. Would you take them over either of those teams right now, or do you think they're still the third best team in the West right now? Ooh, I think they have more of a punch. I think I feel like if we said they had a puncher's chance, that'd be disrespectful. I think they have more of a puncher's chance, to, especially against Golden State. I think I think they match up really nice with Golden State, and they'd be able to take Golden State. But I think Phoenix. So too. Phoenix is hard because Phoenix are just clicking really I, good. I don't this think year. Golden State has a way to deal with. I think Golden State is a great defense, but I don't think they have a way to deal with Ja. Ja, or on Phoenix side, DeAndre Aiden. Like they don't got yeah. a big man strong enough to stop that. But that that like it's interesting because the West hasn't had too many of those. Like you had Derrick Rose in the East. You had you had Russell Westbrook, but um, but Golden State never matched up with them too much, other than the one time. Um, are they only met the one time in the playoffs, right? The three-one comeback. Who did Golden Did's State and OKC? Who that was the only time they met. They met, right? If I'm not, yeah, yeah. I don't think so, any other times. They haven't had to deal with that kind of explosive guard like that, and I just don't think that they have the like. I don't think they have the capability of really dealing with somebody like Draymond Green is a all-world defender and still a very good rim protector but I don't know what Draymond Green does when John Moran can change his shot five times in air before he lays the ball in like I just I just don't know what you can do if you're not like big big like Rudy Gobert and you just have long enough arms to cover the entire the entire paint uh to stop John I think that that will be an issue and then and then obviously, I think Stephen Abs is a underrated in what he can do. I think he did a lot against against the uh, he, against the Warriors back in the OKC days. So I like I like how they match up against the Warriors of those two teams. But at the end of the day, I do think that it is um, that it is Phoenix and Golden State's to lose. And I think that Memphis has a shot. Um, 
Obvi- I, obviously, we're not expecting the Clippers to get Kawhi and Paul George back. Not Maybe good. Paul George. Paul George, but, I think they could, but definitely but, not Kawhi. But definitely not Kawhi. The Lakers are clearly a mess this year. They're garbage. Denver, Denver. I'm not expecting Jamal and Porter back. And if if we do get them back, they're not going to be healthy enough. They're not going to be nice. They're not going to be healthy. They're, they're just not going to be basketball ready. So I do think Memphis legitimately, sh- it should be a three-team conversation. I just don't see a world in which they get over one of those two teams. I really, I think they match up best with Golden State, but I just, I, if you're asking me to envision them in the conference finals, I just can't see it. I just, I, I can't. I think they're, I think they're really good, and I think they're, they should have a chance, especially if injuries happen. You know, they're, they're definitely an injury away type team, but. I can't mm. see them as presently constructed beating the Warriors or the Suns in a playoff series. Uh, this might sound a little crazy, but I definitely think I think there's a shot. It's a long shot, but I think there's a shot they can get to the finals. I really think Memphis is like the OKC teams before they blew up. This might not be their year this year, but next year. But I think they can get to the – I wouldn't be surprised if they got to the conference finals and it was them versus Phoenix in the conference finals. I would not be surprised at all. I'd be a little surprised if they got to the finals, though. I'd be—I yeah. couldn't lie about that. But if they got to the conference finals, I wouldn't be surprised. But I would—I would think that somebody would have gotten hurt on Golden State end, or maybe Phoenix just absolutely outplays them and just dog walks them. But I—I I think you're sleeping on Memphis a little bit. I think they really a sleeper team, a sleeper contender to get to the finals. Yeah, I just, man, I just don't see them when it comes to Golden State and Phoenix. I just see them as a team that's so great, but just, just that, just that, that slight tier below. I don't even want to say a tier because I feel like that sounds too drastic of a gap because yeah. they are, they are essentially right there. I mean, people forget they had a horrible start to the season and now look at them. They are killing it and they are, and they are looking like one of the best teams. I mean, since the beginning of the season, they've had one of the best records in the league. After like the first, what was it? It was like six or eight games a season. They were they were looking real rough, and they turned it around. And now they're forty one and nineteen. And I think that they right have a Golden legitimate State shot. Ass. What's that? They right on Golden State ass. They are. They are. They're they're a game and a half back right now from the two seed. Um, I I and they got they got ten good guys. But you know, in in the playoffs, you need you ten good guys is a great problem to have. But that that advantage of depth becomes a little a little shrunk um in the playoffs just because obviously the stars play more minutes and yep. i like i just i'm rolling with the warriors even though i'm not sure what we're gonna get from clay and don't I forget think, dylan brooks he ain't yeah. been he ain't been healthy all year if they get him right in the rotation it's gonna be tough they yeah. will be a tough out regardless with, with desmond bain with all the all the options that they got yeah i mean listen they're they're for real but Utah again, not taking seriously. Yeah, no, no, them no. either. They're we're done. not even gonna. Yeah, They're we're done. not even gonna talk about them. I think they should blow it up. I think they should too. Donovan Mitchell doesn't even mesh with Rudy Gobert. They should trade him to the Pistons, where he rightfully belongs. Yeah, where we where he should have been drafted originally. Man, didn't know. miss a shot. Come on now, Bro, we need him. That's crazy. That is that will <laughs> always hurt my soul. That and Devin Booker talk about Rip Hamilton being his favorite player and how much he wanted to be a Piston. Oh, that hurts. They just don't want to. They just Luca, don't want to be I love great. you to death, but you just don't got the roster around you. Um, you just don't got the roster around you. But yeah, you're crazy. Yeah, go crazy, but yeah, but yeah, this is solo act. You ain't pulling a LeBron 07. This, <laughs> nah, you going You getting knocked out first round. You just say, bro. They're, they're, those are three teams that are just way too good. Yeah, um, you're getting knocked out, my boy. All right, let's let's talk. Okay, so 
uh, again, we'll we'll just go through each conference, and I'm naming the ten, and then I'm naming the teams that are that are right behind them. And I'm just saying, to me, I think the ten the ten in each conference is locked. It's just a matter of what order. So we're not getting into what order because we kind of already talked about that when we were talking about just kind of the season and who we like and who we don't. But let's just let's just let me just ask you this, Josh, is Miami Heat, Chicago, Philly, Cleveland, Milwaukee, Boston, Toronto, Brooklyn, Charlotte, and Atlanta, the 10 in the East, the, the teams that are on the outside. You have Washington, who's a game out, the Knicks, who are uh, three and a half games out, and then the Pacers, Pisses, and Magic don't matter. No, um, this, is, so this is the 10. This is it's the not 10, switching. right? This is the 10. Yeah. I just don't see – I just don't see with Beal being shut down for the season, plus Przingis, you know – I, I, I could see a world in which they let him dominate a few games, get the buzz up, and then shut him down for the year. Um, just kind of let that knee get healthy. Um, there's there's reports that he is expected to play, um, that, that he's not it. currently going to be shut down the season, but I think he will get shut down up, you know, after a short after a brief little run. And then in the West you have uh you have Phoenix, Golden State, Memphis, Utah, Dallas, Denver, Minnesota, the Clippers, the Lakers, the the Trailblazers at 10. And then um, at 11 is San Antonio, which is two games back of Portland. And then, and also the Pelicans, who are two games back of Portland. And then you have the Sacramento Kings, who made the boost for uh, for uh, the Sabonis trade and trying to push for the playoffs. They, but they are three and a half games back, so they kind of got their work cut out for them. OKC and Houston don't matter in this equation. <laughs> they don't matter. Um, is Portland going to hang on to that 10 seed? Not at all. They're gonna lose it. To who? Uh, New Orleans doesn't have Zion. I was gonna say if I had to give my my pick though, I'd definitely say the Pelicans. But it's either the Pelicans or the Spurs. The Trailblazers are definitely like tanking and seeing what the young guys can do. And Dame's, if he decides to come back, is gonna be really late in the season, and he's probably not gonna make that push. They're probably just gonna honestly shut him down. I mean, well, hold on though, Josh. The the Blazers are are. On a four-game win streak, right really? now, yes, they're four and six in their last ten, but their four last four games were a win. <laughs> they won. They, so they, I mean, they was on a six-game losing streak before kinda, that, though. Yeah. So listen, they're going to be inconsistent. Um, but since making their trades, they've actually won some games, and so I think. Let me just look at who they who they won against. See if they were garbage. Yeah, let's wins see. This. Check but, and see who they won against. Oh, they beat Milwaukee. Yeah. And Memphis. Whoa. And Memphis. Oh yeah, because Ja had that crazy game. Shout out Ja for fantasy basketball. Oh, then they beat they beat the Knicks and the Lakers. So two really good teams and two really sucky teams. Yeah. Um, and five hundred might be enough to keep you, uh, keep you afloat. I still don't think they're gonna pull it off. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna say they will just because they shouldn't. They should definitely tank. They but, really should um, tank. But if you hear me, yeah. Portland, tank. tank. Tank, tank, tank. This is going to get you a top pick this year. Tank. You have to. Because if Portland ends up with a top five pick, all of a sudden Dame's got some what? Dame's got some. Portland has some options to build around Dame. That or they can. Yeah, they can either draft somebody or trade, which is probably going to try to trade some. Trade that pick for a nice little decent player. Yeah, probably like a, a good player for a top five pick. That's what I'm saying. Like a high end starter, maybe an all star. And they'll caliber. have $60 million in cap space. That's what I'm saying. Jeremy Grant. 
Andrew Wiggins two top five picks. Hey, I'm just saying. Hey, Hey. Jeremy Grant, we will slide you him for another top five pick. We will do that. Yeah, that we will do two top five picks. Simons is clearly what. Well, we'll ask about Simons. Will be you you sure about Simons? Uh, No. Okay. Well, I guess we'll take a top five pick. Now, hey, I would love to have Simons. I I take him over the top five pick. Maybe I don't know. Did you hear that report about the Pistons asking about Traylon, uh, Jalen Brunson at the trade deadline? And the Mavs go, we like Kate Cunningham. <laughs> oh, no, I didn't hear that. <laughs> oh, bro, we like the number one pick. Can bro, we have They're him? sick. They're, they're sick for that. Um, they have to yeah. fight me for that. Listen, it wouldn't be a podcast if I didn't have a Pistons tangent at some point. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know, man. I, I just think they're going to hold on to it. I just don't think San Antonio's got the juice. I don't think New Orleans has the juice. Sacramento's just too far. I've liked what I've seen from Fox and Sabonis, but they have lost their last two games. So I think this is the 10. I think this is the 10. Obviously, the orders will shake. Um, I think I think Minnesota, I think the 7, 8, 9, and 10 are going to stay. I don't. I think Denver will keep that sixth seed and stay out of the play-in. Um, I think they'll they'll definitely they'll definitely keep that advantage. It is only two and a half games, but I just don't expect Minnesota to climb like that. Um, and then in the East, the East is crazy because all of a sudden Boston is on fire, and they now got separation. Brooklyn, like I said, like I said, with Kyrie, no Ben Simmons, no KD, they could be shoving out Cam Thomas for the next like ten games, and he'll be averaging twenty eight points, and they'll be losing by twenty nine points. <laughs> um, Hey, Cam Thomas Toronto, is walking bucket. Toronto is on fire. They're eight and two in their last ten. They're going up. Um, Charlotte, I think, is going to stay at nine or ten. Atlanta's that team all year. I've been waiting for them to get right, and they just haven't gotten right. But Charlotte understand. is one and nine in their last ten, so they're actually nose diving right now. But, um, but yeah, I just I don't know that that seven to ten or that six to ten in the in the East is going to be is going to be pretty jumbled. I don't know who's going to end up where. Um, if I had to guess, I'd guess the bottom two teams would end up being Charlotte and Atlanta just because they've been inconsistent. But maybe Brooklyn is. Maybe they take quite a nosedive. Atlanta gets some wins. Um, but I think this is a 10 regardless. I just don't see Washington or New York. Yeah, I agree. Coming out. Um, but it's going to be – listen, man, it's going to be an interesting, interesting playoff series. What's one – if you could have it – if you could have it your way, give me one um, – no, give me two. Give me two playoff series from each conference you want to see. Doesn't matter if they match up in the first round, second round. Just two, co- just two playoff matchups you would find very interesting mm. in each conference. Well, I'd have to say the uh, the seventy sixers versus the Nets. I would love to see that just because of the. The right that has to feel, be one. That's that an automatic one answer. That's why I said two because there's yeah. just like the that to me is just a no brain. And then honestly, in the West, I want to see uh Memphis versus Golden State because Memphis really be getting after Golden State. They don't fear nobody. Yeah. So I think that'd be a good matchup. And then for like an honorable mention, Golden State versus Phoenix. I think that'd be really nice too. Mm-hmm. In the East. Oh, then the honorable mention in the East. Ooh, I'd probably have to say Milwaukee, oh Miami. Yeah, I was about to say Milwaukee Miami. I just seen it. Yeah, yeah. Milwaukee Miami. Go for it. They both one and one against each other in the playoffs. We need to finish the tiebreaker. Yeah. You know, I weirdly want to see Chicago Boston. That'd be a good matchup too. I just would love to see it. I just think they match up well against each other. 
Um, and I would, I would love to, I love to see what they do. I'd love to see Tatum and, and Brown go one on or one on one or two on two with, uh, with Levine and DeRozan and, you know, Vucevic versus Robert Williams is an interesting matchup. Um, Lonzo Ball, Derek White, you know, there's, there's some interesting cross matches there, but yeah, obviously Brooklyn Philly is the, is the main one in the East that we want to see. And then I think you, you named it in the, in the West. If I could. If I could find one more sleeper series, I'd love to see. Uh, I'd love to see Utah slide and Dallas and Denver play in the first round. Oh, two foreign juggernauts. Luka Listen, listen, listen. I'm not, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to pin the foreigners against each other. I'm really not. It just would be a Racially fun. Motivated. It'd just be a battle of two one man teams. I'm good with it. Luka I am versus, too. Uh, Luka versus uh, the number Jokic. one in fantasy versus the number two in fantasy. Yeah. And this guy had the number one pick and picked wrong. I disagree. I don't know. Yeah. You did. It doesn't although, matter. Although, maybe with this Kristaps trade, Lucas just go That's go what crazy. I'm saying. Like, if you see his last couple of games, yeah. my man been out of his mind lately, so. But Jokic is just so efficient, man. He well, is listen, efficient. We're we not getting into, we not getting yeah. into that. Cause, we're not sliding into that. Yeah, because we don't, we don't want a certain someone who's going to be listening to, yes. you know, just get excited about, yeah, about br- fantasy basketball. Cut that in uh, the edit. Cut edit. that extra part. Uh, man, listen. How you like the new setup? How you like these new mics? Absolutely the divine. This I is amazing. These. I've been waiting for this my whole life, and I didn't even know what I was missing on. This is this is beautiful, man. Um, we got it. We got to get to it, man. We got to pod more. You you said you wanted you wanted your own mic. You got your own mic, and now we gotta we gotta lock in and we gotta do more of these. We gotta we gotta knock out some other ones. Now he's gonna hold me hostage with yeah. these pods. Yeah, I'm a, I'm asking you live on air right now. What are we doing? What are we doing next? Are we doing the music pod or the, are we doing the, the NBA pod? Uh, since we did the NBA one, we do the music pod one, I guess. All right, bet. That's going to be the next one. So stay tuned for an episode of Strictly Hip Hop with Josh. It'll be coming back. Okay, and I want to just kind of get, I want to get, and no, we're not doing that. I want to get more into my <laughs> element, more into the bag, more into the origin of the podcast because the podcast started with, um, started with me not having a lot of resources, a lot of options. So I literally would just, in high school, when I started this, I would just grab friends that I knew were passionate about whatever I was talking about, or, um, or I just really respected their opinions and, and perspectives on things. And as I as I leveled up in the podcast, I was able to get all these awesome people, which I still want to be a, a, a core part of the podcast moving forward, because I have been able to make some amazing connections from, you know, all sorts of networks like ESPN, The Athletic, Hot 97, just a whole bunch of awesome places and, and awesome independent YouTube platforms, all of that, which has been cool. And I want to keep those, but I kind of miss the origin of just having the podcast with the, with the homies around the block that, you know, just know basketball, they know rap music. And, you know, Josh and I just be having these spirited debates and conversations all the time off mic. So, you know, it's, it's time to start, you know, spicing things up and bring them onto the podcast. Cause I think this is kind of the, 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 what made me fall in love with this art form of podcasting is is the uh is the friendship and the and the cohesiveness and the and the chemistry you have with with uh with your with your close friends i i miss that kind of element um you know i think in a lot of times it, it it's uh something i've i've always strived to get the biggest guests you know the dead end hip hops the ev- everything which i still want again to be a part of this podcast moving forward but I also want to bring back the idea of, you know, having Josh on the pod, having Chris on the pod, 
you know, having some of my other friends that maybe haven't been on the pod yet, but I just know no music and, you know, kind of getting into those kind of conversations, because I think that's where a lot of, uh, a lot of the gold comes from and, and a lot of the truthfully, a lot of the fun comes from. And I think that I want to translate that back to the podcast. So it's my mission and I'm making it a statement on this podcast to kind of bring that back to fruition so that will that will mean more Josh podcasts that will mean a lot yes, more sir. um a lot more Chris podcasts and you know just kind of seeing just kind of seeing where it goes you know I've I've kind of slowed down the content release and that's been kind of a a, a creative struggle but um I think that this is something that will help me that will help me get back in the groove and get back to where I want to be with with all of that and I'm not ready to tell the full story on on, on the creative struggle but for now that's what I want to say and I want to put out there. So, Josh, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast, my man. And, you know, AKA we'll be Lil back. Big we'll be doing shots. more. We'll be doing more Strictly Hip Hop, Strictly Hoop Talk. We'll be uh, releasing at a higher frequency around here and, you know, stepping up the quality as well. So, everyone, please make sure you go follow me on Instagram and Twitter at RealChrisPlatte, C-H-R-I-S-P-L-A-T-T-E. I know you know how to spell real. That's the best way to keep up with all the contents. Tune into the Friday live streams where we break down all the new music and all of the NBA stuff. Uh, as always, it's my guys from Imperial, and Josh usually pulls up too. He's been pulling up lately, so just kind of creating a uh, um, a platform where I can in- engage and interact with everyone and all of my followers has been has been fun and awesome. But that is on Imperial Media TV, um, Imperial Media TV's page, which is at Imperial Media TV. So make sure you're going to follow them as well because that's where the live technically happens but i post it to my profile after so with that being said just stay tuned for more content coming soon and without further ado thank you josh once again and we'll be back on this podcast again talking some more music and some more hoops (laughs) 